0: What's up, Gacho Baseball fans? Happy New Year. The 2024 baseball season is rapidly approaching. And for the first episode of the new year, and in lieu of alumni weekend this weekend, we figured it'd be appropriate to bring on some alumni and uh, feature a group that we haven't featured on a podcast yet. We've certainly talked a lot about them, uh, but it was long overdue to have them featured. But we're going to talk solely about the Hammerheads. On this podcast, the the great group of students who rooted on the Gauchos from 1983 to 1985 were rekindled uh, in the in 2011 and 2012 uh, and have been full supporters uh, ever since and, and really since the beginning. And uh, we have uh, three guests on this podcast, two of them you've heard from already, Coach Ferrer, Coach Al Ferrer, Bill Guyvette, and a new guest, Casey Gorman who is uh, the leader of the Hammerheads. He was a former volleyball player here at UCSB and is just a, a, a real joy uh, to be around and is a, a huge Gaucho baseball fan. Um, and many of you who are listening to this probably know Casey very well. Uh, if you don't, uh, he's a guy that you need to meet if you are a fan of Gaucho baseball. So we broke down everything as, as best we could uh, that has to do with the Hammerheads, the origin story, uh, some of the uh, the fun things that happened during those years, uh, those great years uh, in the mid-80s, um, and then a lot of stuff that's happened uh, in recent years as well. So I hope you enjoy. I uh, hope you're coming out to Alumni Weekend. hope you're driving here or flying here as you are listening to this. Uh, it's a, a unique year here at UCSB. Uh, we're hoping to have a great year uh, in 2024. So this is the Hammerheads with Casey Gorman, Freer, and Bill Guyvet.
1: It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America. The Pacific Ocean crashing
2: against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night.
0: Here's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell belts us the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. And Curley pulls back the home run, and the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Borgonio is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Claussen to score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. Willits will, will make the catch. Oh! And the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. Alright, this is going to be a real treat. And with Alumni Weekend quickly descending upon us, it is already January 24th when we are recording this. Uh, I'm sitting in the press box at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. I am staring at a Field that is being constructed, which means that we will be playing baseball here at Seas Stadium this year and to get people excited about alumni weekend in the upcoming season, we are going to do a hammerhead pod and this has possibly been long overdue. We've already done over 100 episodes. Two of the guests that you're going to hear on this episode have already had their own featured podcasts and we will have one new voice To introduce here in a moment on this podcast but on this hammerhead pod we'll hear from coach ferrer al ferrer bill guy and casey gorman so first to reintroduce al former coach of the gauchos of course he uh i think he won 445 games is that right coach something of that nature yeah 445 career wins 440 win seasons Four regional appearances, yada yada yada. He doesn't want to hear all the uh the pomp and circumstance. But no,
2: keep it going. It Sounds great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> led the uh, led the Gauchos uh, to that uh, SCBA championship in 1983, which is when the Hammerheads first uh, came into being. It was it was a, a fantastic year, and then they up until 2019 they were the last uh, Big West champs in t- 1986. Uh, but Al, I think we we talked to Al way back and you were maybe on like episode six or seven uh back in 2020 if you can believe it Um but it's great to have you back on
2: thank you and i appreciate it looking forward to seeing a lot of guys this weekend
0: next up is hey, bill Gar- oh bill you want to jump in
2: you're trying yeah, to jump hey, in
1: coach you also led in screaming of players that was a big west record
3: i like, like. to call that motivation motivational okay. tech- Okay, that's, Opportun- that's what you call opportunities, it. Bill. Opportunities. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I have i I've been working on the uh, the artwork for our new facade banners that are going up around the ballpark, and I've had to find some old photographs, and it's been difficult. Uh, this is a long-winded introduction, but I'm bringing this up right now just because we're about to introduce Bill Vet, But I came across the uh, wow the uh, media guide for the 1985 season. Wow! That is,
1: uh, look at that. That, that is a fit, by the way.
0: Look at those pullover Santa Barbara block lettering uniforms. Aren't they yeah. glorious? And that's being facetious. <laughs> hey, like I think they're pretty good
2: looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm being. 69.
0: I'm being dead serious. Dead okay. serious, right here. I'm the, I'm, most- I'm the one, and I'll, I'll I'll say this here: I want to bring back the the old SB, like the squirrely SB. Not the interlocking one. Like I want to bring that back, put it on a uniform. I think yeah. great. But that's that's Bill Guy with uh, I forgot the name of the gentleman standing next to him. Dave Stewart.
1: Dave Stewart, tremendous first baseman. Yeah.
0: Up on uh they're on campus point looking out down Ivy Beach, uh, stirrup socks the converse cleats. Just, oh, yeah. uh, just really, really great stuff here. The nineteen eighty five media guy. Yeah, my
1: my spot belts or the and Rydell's. Those are my gamers. We didn't use those.
0: Wait, pictures. you're not you're not wearing Converse. <laughs> I don't know. What they Dave, are. Dave Stewart, Dave Stewart. He's got the star on the on the yeah. uh, the tongue of the shoe.
1: Whatever coach got the best deal on is what we wore.
0: <laughs> you might be wearing Nikes, actually.
1: Yeah,
0: but they're like you know, navy blue or royal blue with white accents. Uh, yeah, just great. So, really good yeah. stuff. But that's that's Bill Guyvet, transferred here from Santa Barbara City College. I think he grew up in Sacramento. No,
1: no, Sacramento City. Yeah, Sacramento City oh, so right, Sacramento.
0: So. What I say? Santa Barbara City College? Yeah. yeah. Sacramento City College. I Eight, wish. <laughs> 84-85 <laughs> here at UCSB. uh, Highest career batting average in school history. 402 career average. And was a... Let's see. Third team All American in 85, first team All Big West, both years picked by the uh, California Angels in 1985 in the draft. 28 years of professional baseball, was an executive. He's written a book and I think he started his own company uh, yeah. as well. So. And
3: and I lived on Del Playa. So there that's you go. One, there you go. That's one of my highlights. That's, that. <laughs> that's, that's a resume stuffer guy, though, well, right there. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right, that's now. Not- to be there,
2: I could not go to Del Playa during the season. There was, there was things I shouldn't see.
3: What you don't know, coach, can't hurt you.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> All right. That that third voice is uh, one of Casey Gorman, who is uh, the ringleader of the Hammerheads. And he's from Westchester, <laughs> went to Westchester High School, checking in from Carolina Beach, North Carolina. Is that right? That's correct. Not his head, yes. Uh, 1985 graduate of UCSB. Two time right cancer country. survivor. Two time yes. cancer survivor. Correct. And, uh, you know, his brother Mike was uh, an all American volleyball player. And, but Casey is, he's well known for his great golf swing and being the leader of the Hammerheads. <laughs> so please introduce yourself, Casey, because it was hard to find, uh, you know, the stat book on you.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Gavin. Uh, gosh, I, I was, uh... I started at UCSB in 1980. Uh, redshirted my first year as a as a volleyball player uh, due to a back injury. Played uh, played four years, uh, 81 through 85. Uh, was captain in 85. Had some really good clubs back then. Um, amazing way this thing whole kind of organically started uh, after uh, we lost a playoff game or a regional down in LA uh, just organically started this whole thing. Um, Our, our trainer, Bill Trabold, AKA Bolt uh, brought some adult brevages over our house. after the, after we lost in the regionals and he said, Hey, uh, I'm going to the baseball game today. You guys want to go? And we're looking at each other. Like I don't even know where the baseball field is, let alone, you know, going to it. And he convinced us that it was going to be a great time. And, We walked over there and we thought it's kind of fun. There's people here. It's free. You know, you can bring beer. You can bring adult beverages in. You know, why not give it a shot? Um,
0: and this is 1983.
3: This is 83. This was 1983
0: after you guys lost a volleyball match to Pepperdine. Yeah, we lost in the regionals.
3: Yeah, we lost in the regionals. It was it was actually the finals of the regionals to go to the go to the whatever the final four as they called it back then. So, um. But yeah, so living in Carolina Beach, just got married uh, a couple years ago. Um, started when Checks started up again when he started his coaching career at UCSB. That's kind of when this thing whole kind of rekindled itself. Um, we had a couple phone calls. Guyva was on it, myself, few others with Checks, and you know it just seemed like a good idea to kind of get the get the band back together. You know, I, I didn't know Checks at the time, but he sounded very pretty excited about kind of, Hey, let's, you know, let's see what we can do here, you know? And uh that's kind of where it kicked off again, our, like the second phase of this kind of kicked off. So, um and it's been, it's been, I mean, obviously beneficial to everybody uh the last 10, 11 years. So
0: yeah, it has. And this kind of connect the timeline here, started in 83, it was during the season. Guys were still in school like as you like you were there in 84, 85, it kind of yeah. lingered on until about 1987. You guys had some kind of reunion. You weren't involved on campus cuz you guys were out living your lives. Uh yeah. back in like the early 90s, you had some kind of reunion and there was nothing until you rekindled this in 2012, which is when Andrew Chekets was hired here. Uh yeah. fall of sorry, that would have been fall of 2011 potentially. And then that, that first season in 2012 and some of the numbers here, like you guys raise about $50,000 annually quest overarching question here is what are, who are the hammerheads? What do they do that? I want to kind of kick off the, the meat of this podcast with raise about $50,000 annually. And you've raised a total of over $378,000 in scholarship money, uh, That's kind of on the surface what the hammerheads are, but like who are the hammerheads and what do they do? And Al and Bill, you chime in um, on this as well.
1: Hey, can I say something about Casey first? Of course. He never agrees with me, but when we were going to college (laughs) and running around, this guy was like the most popular guy in the entire (laughs) athletic department, players, whatever, and was like big man on campus. So he always says, Oh, no way. Da-da. He he was that guy, captain of the volleyball team in Santa Barbara. I mean, how do you beat that? And then he knew everybody and everything that was going on, especially by then with all the baseball guys. So I want to give him his due on this. Thank you, Driver. Uh, introduce him.
3: Um I I just, you know, it was logical for me to kind of jump into this whole hammerhead thing. I know obviously my brother and I kind of started it, but when the uh 2012 came around i thought that you know why not why not me jump into this thing um i knew the volleyball guys i knew the baseball guys and i knew the whatever you call the guys that didn't play athletics but were hanging around right and so i felt like well this is a perfect match this is a perfect opportunity for me to kind of pull everybody back in and we've actually we've actually $430,000, in the, in the 12 years since we've been doing this. Um, but I mean, most of the guys now are, you know, they're, we're all, I mean, I'm 61. Um, most of the guys are older now. Um, they've got families, they've got kids. They've, you know, it's almost to the point where a lot of them are, they've done all the kid stuff and the kids are either in college or on their way out. Or, or doing something else and are out of the house, and so it's almost become easier to motivate guys to get down to the reunion and things like that because they don't have, you know, t-ball games and things like that. So it's become a little bit easier to to motivate guys to to come and do do things that we want them to do. Go to the ball games, go to the reunion, that kind of thing. So um, in that sense, it's it's become a little bit a little bit easier to do things. Than it was, you know, back in 2012.
0: So, well, and in the, the crux, kind of the the, the big weekends is alumni weekend. Like you guys yes. make a big showing at the golf tournament, and you, that's kind of when all this stuff kind of comes together. And yep. I mean, I've I've I had the honor of playing with you and your brother last year at the golf tournament. Uh, we had, we had a blast and, you know, the, the dinner is always fun and seeing everybody come together, you know, it's, it's part of why I have probably been here for so long. i I, I arrived here when Chex got here just as a student and got involved and I've, I've stuck around because that type of energy exists. And I didn't know who you were for a while, Casey. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of yeah. weird. I was a, an oblivious student. For a while and then and then kind of a new staff member but now that i i really see it uh and have embraced it and and admired the heart and soul that you and and your friends and the hammerheads bring to this program it's you know, i'm kind of at a loss of words like i it's it's uh al and bill probably speak to it a little more and, and and checks and and people that have that have experience the help I, I know that there's some players that i know who have gone through this program who their tuition was paid by hammerhead funded right. money and yeah. it's just a really special thing I, it's could be it, there's probably other programs that have stuff like this but know. hammerheads are unique like and the, the origin story is is so it's so pure like it's uh it's just really special and it's, it's great to have you on the podcast finally and getting this out into the ether.
3: Uh, I appreciate you asking, asking me to do it. Um, I think that it's like my pitch is always, Hey, listen, how many of you can, can go talk to your friends and they say, Hey, you know what? Once a year I'm offered to go back and, and, and um, see all my buddies that I knew in college uh, see, you know, the guys I used to hang out with in college and, and you know, but not too many people can say that. So it's very special. I mean, we got like 120 guys on our, on the email distribution. And it just keeps growing. Guys keep saying, yeah, throw this guy on there. He's interested in doing this kind of thing. And so it just keeps growing. But, you know, if you put it in that kind of context, it's like, well, why wouldn't you want to go to Santa Barbara and hang out with your buddies for, you know, for a weekend, why wouldn't you do it? You know why? I I understand people got commitments and things like that, but I mean, you're going to a beautiful place. You're going to see all your buddies, right? You know it's going to be fun. It's going to be a phenomenal, epic weekend, right? There's no, there's no really, no downside to it. So that's my, that's always kind of my pitch is like, hey, this is the kickoff to the baseball season. You know, why don't you come out to the to the ball? You know, to the reunion and and you know see all your buddies again. So.
0: And on that list, it's, it's, it's not just baseball players, right? Right. As yes. you mentioned, it's, 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 it's volleyball. It's, oh, it's yeah. non non-athletes. It's, it's people oh. that are, that are probably gaucho graduates that are, are sports fans, baseball fans, and, and want to participate and, and help out and, and have a good time and support a great cause.
3: Yeah. And it's it's some of with word word of mouth, you know. You you got guys that are have been on the email list for I call it the vine, but it's an email list that guys have been on for years, and it just kind of grown. Like you know, they'll talk to somebody and they'll go, "Hey, I, that sounds interesting. I'd, I'd love to get on that." And they'll send me a note and say, "Hey, put this guy on there. He's interested in, in helping out, or you know, donating, or whatever." And so it just keep got it just keeps kind of growing. Um, so. Uh, well, it's, it's not, it's not, excuse me, it's not all me, you know, other guys are chiming in going, Hey, you know, I've got a couple guys that are interested in this. Let's do it. And, um, it, it's worked out well, you know, it's just kind of, I've been very receptive to, to adding new guys, regardless of where they're from or what they do. Um, if they're interested, I, I'm, I'm all in, you know?
0: So let,
1: let's there is, back. A certain lo- there yeah. is a certain level of physical endurance that you're gonna be tested with <laughs> during that weekend. <laughs> it's sometimes you gotta really take a hard look at uh where you're at and feel like you can handle it physically.
3: Yeah. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. You have to make decisions uh, that weekend, Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Al, you got something? I
2: would would like to shotgun some uh, impressions of the Hammerheads so that your listeners have an idea of how big they became. We played against Stanford in the Western Regional. We eliminated somebody. I don't remember who it was. might have been Oregon State. San Diego Diego State. That's close enough. State school. The president of Stanford comes down to me. And we're waiting for our players to be taken in for a urine test, which they did at at that time. And the president goes, his president's name was John Kennedy, as our regular president was. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, that group of kids you had behind home plate. I said, you mean the Hammerheads? He goes, that's their name. He goes, look at the stands. And I looked at the stands, which were filthy, except where the hammerheads were. They cleaned the whole area. And he couldn't believe that college-age students that were probably getting hammered at that time took the time to do that. And then when we traveled, we would go play Stanford. And they'd say, hey, what's the deal with this group of kids you guys got? And we would say the hammerheads, that's all they wanted to know about. And I think the coup there was when I was in Washington, D.C. My wife and I went on vacation. Somebody introduced me as Coach Ferrer at UC Santa Barbara. And he goes, wait a minute, Santa Barbara, you're the school that has that group called the Hammerheads, right? I mean, they were spreading like wildfire. And all the other coaches wanted to know about them. They were legit. And it was pretty spectacular.
3: Yeah. It was a pretty special time for everybody. Um, Well, you
1: guys, from a player perspective, Go ahead. But, I'm still... No, just from a player perspective, everybody in the country knew that had to come to Santa Barbara. Knew that they didn't want to play us. They wanted to come to go to IV, but they <laughs> definitely didn't want to play in the baseball games. And then, the Hammerheads are like the worst thing that could ever happen to these guys in showing up, and they knew it because there was going to be research done on who their girlfriends were. There was all kinds of stuff flying around that uh, never any vulgarities, as Coach Ferrer can attest to that, um, or very few. And he's not being presented. facetious. But guy, he's, he's. there was a lot of stuff going on, and the players in college baseball at the time knew it. They were like, "That's a, we love going there to just be there, but we definitely don't like the games and the hammerheads. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they'd always, are you, Are they still going to be there? Oh, yeah, they'll be there. Don't worry about it. They'll be playing keg softball, and then they're going to roll right <laughs> over, and they'll have that old couch, and they'll bring pull the old couch the, yeah. right up on the on-deck, right by the on-deck circle, and you got a <laughs> chain-link fence between yourself getting ready to hit and utter chaos right behind you. Yep. I
2: need your yep. help from
1: your backgrounds.
2: Casey, were you there the day we played USC? Yes and they had a rather large first baseman pops and you guys had a fishing rod fishing pole yep and i believe you made two three. one i thought one was a snickers bar <laughs> right in front of them and then you reeled it back in the second one was a donut yeah well we went after the game to go eat and USC was at the restaurant and Dato came up to me and I said, man, I hope you weren't offended because their players shook your hands. They shook everybody's hands yeah. and the nickname was snack bar. Yeah. You guys gave them their nickname and Dato who was a legend just raved about the hammerheads at that point. That was, and th- and then you made the trip down to the playoff game in long beach. Yes. It was automatic that Fullerton would win the title every year. And we came on strong to tie them. We're going to have a one-game playoff. And I'm sure, hey, Fullerton, Santa Barbara, halfway, there's a team in our league called Nine. Well, we didn't get Nine. We had to go to Long Beach. And somehow you guys procured a formerly live chicken on the way. <laughs> Went to some guy's ranch and stole the chicken, as I understand. <laughs> Put it on the end of that fishing pole there was a call that went away against us you guys casted it out there this chicken goes out on the field and you go that call was foul and you start to reel the chicken in Yep.
3: i just yep. showed up
2: at the games just to see the routines i mean they were amazing
3: yeah we uh that that playoff game was was pretty epic we uh we felt we were actually, you know, it's funny. It was back when Ken Drosser was the AD and we were trying to get him to sponsor a sponsor, a router bus. Right. And he wouldn't do it uh, for whatever reason. I, and I don't, at this point, I don't care, but he wouldn't do it. And so we just said, all right, here's the deal. We're going to go, we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to go down there and we need something to make sure that everybody knows we're there. Right. And uh, I don't remember what day we, you guys played, but a couple days before that, or the weekend before that, we decided, you know what? We need to make sure everybody knows we're here. We're going to, we're going to, uh, we knew there was, there was a, uh, chicken coop down the street from our house on Trigo. And we schemed and happened to obtain a chicken. And, uh, as Al said, put them on a, on a golf flag stick and, and, uh, Took him down in the back of a blue pickup truck, uh, waving it in the traffic and um, just kind of creating havoc to be honest with you. But it was that was one of the games that I'll always remember because it was such an epic uh, finish and the way that the game ended and to win that to win the, the championship, the league championship in that way at a playoff game against Fullerton in a neutral uh, stadium, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't script it any better. You guys had a cheer that I had never heard at that point, And I
2: have heard it since, but you had a baseball and you would say, is this a baseball? And then you guys would say, yes, this is a baseball. And then you would point to the Fullerton. Is this the losing team? And you guys would say, and at this time, we're behind some score like seven to three, we're losing. And it's the seventh inning. And then you pointed to us and said, is this the winning team? And everybody said, yes, this is the winning team. And sure enough, we used somewhere between three and five pinch hitters who all came through. Kent McBride had the big hit. And we went – I mean, it was – and you guys were such a significant part of that.
0: Yeah. So this is – this is 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 1983. Yeah. And it was – and Mark Patton from uh, NewsHawk, former writer of the Santa Barbara News Press, wrote a great article last year because last year was the 40th anniversary of that season. And so I, I read through the article last year, and I, I reread it before this and, and going through all of this stuff. And Gouchers were 17-17, and 17, I think, in the middle of the season. Maybe we're, you know, teetering on being out of it but caught fire and made it to this playoff game against Fullerton at neutral site in, in Long Beach. And there's stories about the Gouches on fire and always coming from behind and these these clutch hits. And what do I have written down here? Because there was a couple of walk-off homers. That... I had this in my notes. Clark,
3: Clarkie was one Clark. of them. I remember that. Dan, yeah, and, Dan Clark had,
0: had walk-off homer, and and it was McBride who had it and, and the come-from-behind effort in this game. And it was... You know, there's the energy on the field, but it's also spearheaded by the energy that the Hammerheads brought off the field.
3: It it honestly just kind of all came together. I mean, it was like we showed up at just the right time, uh, not knowing it was just the right time. Um The game we went to initially, the first game they won, but we didn't know how they we didn't know how they were doing we had no we had no idea we just were going to a ball game after after losing a volleyball match and and we kind of got the gist from bolt and a few other guys goody's brother was there and a few other guys and we kind of started to understand where these guys were going and how the team was doing and they said yeah they're struggling but you know this was this was the may time frame so this was al this was back when your team had caught fire already i believe and I, I don't know how many games and in, in you know how many games out of how many games you guys won, but it was pretty much clockwork winning games from that point on. Um, I know you didn't lose very many because you were seventeen and seventeen. When so, I think that it all just kind of came together at the at the right time, and not even not even scripted or anything. It just kind of did, you know.
2: Coach Cannon, you probably have the numbers in front of you. I think
3: it it was like twenty seven and three that last
2: stretch, whatever
0: you guys were so we, 17 17 17 finished that yeah. year 44
3: and 22 that would
2: be okay.
3: 27 and 5 then 27 and 5 there you go yeah That's like i said good. they had looked at of games after this whole thing started and they they had, they had started catching fire before we even started getting get going out there but i don't know it just kind of it just kind of everything just kind of came together at the right time and i it's hard to explain it really is you know everybody was into it the ball players were into it they were winning. So everybody's in a good mood. We're all in a good mood and we're having a good time. And I don't know. It's just kind of like one of those things that's supposed to happen. You know, I hate to say that, but I think it is. I just literally, I didn't, I didn't know Guybo. I didn't know a lot of the, I didn't know many players on the ball team. So I'm like, all right, you know, and, uh, you know, over time got to know the guys well um, and still, still do. So I don't know. It was just kind of a special time, you know,
0: the, the one word that comes to mind is organic. Yes. It was, it was purely it,
3: organic. It was, yeah. I mean, it, it really was. And it wasn't really – we didn't set out to be who we are. It just kind of like over time was like, hey, this is fun. You know, ballplayers are having fun. We're having fun. Coaches are having fun. You know, why not like keep coming out to these games? And as, as it got – more fun, and the ball club was doing well. You know, it was easier to get guys to go. Hey, you want to go to a ball game today? Like, you want to go to a baseball game today? It's you know we're gonna have a keg out there or whatever, and you know that always you know opened everybody's eyes. But you know, it was one of those things where you could you could tell people what was going on. Hey, the ball club's on fire. Let's go out there and support them. And you know, at, over time, more and more people just kept coming out there.
0: So like through the rest of the '83 season, all, you know all that that magic happens. So then '84, '85, yeah. So so Guybo comes to town, and he's knocking the ball all over the yard. And yep. there's a couple, you know, a couple of good seasons. They weren't, you know, playoff seasons, but they were good seasons. Yeah. How did how did that continue? Like how did you guys keep it going? after the season ends and you have the whole off season and then, you know, you turn back around the next year, like how did it keep the steam going for the next few seasons?
3: Well, I mean, we, we always thought that they were going to, the Gauchos were going to be good, you know, going forward. The 83 team kind of solidified that. And then it was like, all right, well, 84 is here. Uh, I'm still in school. I'm playing volleyball. I'm like, all right, well, let's keep this thing going. And I kind of rallied the troops and said, let's, let's keep going out. See these guys. And so 84, 85 were that, kind of that same way. Um, they had good years. Um, and then, you know, 86 came around. You know, I was kind of – I was out of school trying to figure out what I wanted to do and all that stuff. And and um, But 84 and 85 were not hard because we were still in school. A lot of the guys were still in school, and we, we just kind of carried it forward. I mean, it wasn't as special as 83 just because – you know, there was so much that went on in 83 that was, like, incredibly special that no one ever dreamed would happen. But 84 and 85 were pretty special, too. I remember Cerny was there and, and Um it, it was a good club, and we were there to support them, you know.
1: Well, in 84, I think we started out 19-1 and one or 5th yeah.
3: in the country Yeah,
1: at the time. The only loss we had was a Stanford on the road. I won't talk about the umpires. A lot of '83, I can't talk about, and I wouldn't probably allow it because I was a student president of the P- of PETA at the time. Yeah. But um, when we got to '84, I mean, we were um, yeah, nineteen and It just kind of kept the momentum, I think, going yeah. for all that they were doing, but. We were also at a time in 84 when we were starting out the season, they were playing volleyball. So, yeah. you know, there was a lot of that going on, but we were playing well enough to, I think, keep it going. But you could really feel it. You know, when you're playing on in a dugout and things aren't going well and everybody kind of gets quiet, you know, and somebody yells, come on, let's get some life in here or whatever. We never had to do that because all the life was right across, right past home plate in the stands at the Hammerheads. Going, they they really kept us going a lot and helped create a lot of momentum. I think for us, especially when we'd go up on somebody, because the barrage that the that the other team would take and the abuse that they would take and the constant just badgering just distracted them enough, where and gave us a lot of confidence that um, you know somebody was on our side and cheering for. And I don't think that. a lot of people understand when you're in that type of competitive athletics, how much the fans and the crowd can really do. I mean, I think you see it in home home and away records of, in all sports so that your home crowd can really help. But the Hammerheads were at a different level. I mean, that really put us – and I got to say, you know, Pops Mitchell, I played summer ball with him when we played for Gillespie, who just got the job at SC – and they were trying to hide Pops as a high school kid. So Pops is a freshman when we're playing. And that game with the, it was a, when they first came out with a family size Dorito bag, you know, the big giant one, and they're hanging it right over Pops's head. Well, Randy Johnson was pitching that day. And I said, "Randy, hey, this guy can't even throw a strike. I'm just going to take because he's going to walk me, which he did on four pitches. I was leading off the game and I get to first. And uh, maybe it was the second time I got to first. And I said, Pops, because I knew him because he played with us because SC was trying to hide him out. So nobody, a a major league club wouldn't sign him. So he was up with us the summer as a high school player. He shouldn't have been up there. But, you know, we took care of Pops. And I I got on first and I said, hey, Pops, whatever you do, do not break that bag. Do not hit that bag. And he goes, yeah, all all my teammates told me do not break that Dorito bag. (laughs) Because I said, "Pops, they're going to say, and you wanted to eat them, so do yeah. not do it." He goes, "No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going." I said, "Okay, good." I had to help take care of them, and uh, but no, they were. I mean, to it, it's hard to describe, but you know, when you're playing as a team and you're trying to go, and you got, the, it's almost like we didn't want to lose because we'd let them down. And not only our coaches and our other players, but the Hammerheads are right there with, and they would fight to the bitter end. They would yell to the bitter end, and so for us, it was really, really important. I think to do well or try to to win that game for for them as well as us, and and that's the thing. I mean, I will say prior to that game, I'm leaving my place in Del Playa, sixty six ninety three and I'm on my blue Manny, Mo and Jack beach cruiser with a basket on the front with my glove and bat, and I'm driving down or riding down Del Playa to go to the game, and there's a big mob of what looked to be protesters in the middle of Del Playa. It turns out to be the Hammerheads. Five minutes later, I'm chugging a beer shake. Prior to the game, coach, I can say this now. <laughs> at 8.30 in the morning or whatever you had to show up to the ballpark. And I'm chugging a beer shake with 40 guys just screaming at the top of their lungs for me to do this, driving away. And that's probably why I said I'm just going to take off Randy Johnson because I probably got no chance. But, nah. but uh, yeah, no, it was just, hey, what are you going to do? What, I'm going to tell those guys no? Forget about it. It was just yeah. one. It was, it was plenty of time for it to. I spent
2: a lot of time trying to keep you guys away from the Hammerheads. As much <laughs> as I've the hammerhead it was like, okay, what can, maybe I'll have a meeting after this game, and the Hammerheads <laughs> gone by then. Because I knew it was trouble waiting to happen when you look at things like beer shakes before the start of BP. That's <laughs> a little shaky. Uh, one thing happened, and please correct me if I'm wrong. We're facing Randy Johnson, Hall of Famer. He's throwing about 150 miles an hour. You were our best hitter and due to hit in the ninth inning. But I think you had some kind of injury, didn't you? Did you hurt yourself? Yeah, I
1: I, I think it was my thigh. And I hurt I hurt my knee or my lower thigh area, whatever. And so I have to pinch for hit. Me. You only pinch hit for me twice well, I in those to... two years. And both times like a double and a homer.
2: Well, Randy Johnson's a left-handed pitcher. And... Bill's a right-handed hitter. You're not going to bring a left-hander to pinch hit against the Randy Johnson. No. But all I had was Dave Stewart. And because Bill's hurt, we bring Dave Stewart in, and he hits a walk-off double. Everybody thought it was a home run because we ran off the field, but it was a double. We ended up – that might be one of the biggest wins in the history of athletics at UCSB to beat Randy Johnson. And I think their first baseman that year or maybe another year was – Mark McGuire. Yeah. And you walk off on those two guys, that was a pretty big accomplishment.
3: And it's all because of Bill Sai. So. <laughs> Bill Sai. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question. Was that the game that the fence ended up coming down?
2: Yeah, that was big. We uh Larry Welch, who we miss, Larry passed away this last year, one of my favorites. He cut his hand. On uh, fence, you guys went to high five all the players yep. and came in the cyclone fence. And uh, that was another epic moment I'll never forget.
0: <laughs> you're, saying, you're saying that the hammerheads came onto the field and, and went through the fence?
2: Yeah. Well. No, they I high and they went to high five all my players. Okay. They came off and they're all high fiving, but the hammerheads weighed about 8,000 pounds. There were so many of them and the fence just crumbled.
3: Well yeah. when you got like guys reaching over the fence and leaning on it and yeah probably probably had a couple of sodas, it's like, all right, this is probably gonna probably not gonna turn out well. That's no. Yeah,
1: back back then, after we'd shake hands with the opposing team, and as you continue on towards their dugout, we would veer off and then high five the hammerheads.
3: Yeah.
0: And there's and there's so some that, great photographs of that as well. There's some yeah, really cool. That's photos. what we
1: did, and and everybody was really excited, and the fence kind of collapsed a little bit.
3: The <laughs> thing about the thing about the the stadium back then, Kevin, and I'm sure you know. I mean, it was metal bleachers. It was like a. I mean, I, I hate to say it was like a high school baseball stadium, but it, an was.
2: F, it was an F high school facility. So
0: uh, on the on, on the podcast with Al, I was I was asking him about how he got the job here, and he, he told yeah. me the story of when he came and visited and he walked out to the mound and the mound was crooked. It it wasn't set straight on with home plate, you know, chain link fence all the way around and, and some you know ragtag bleachers, and that was well, it.
3: bleachers yeah, capacity was about forty people, maybe, maybe twenty. 20. <laughs> well, you could put- you, you had to take a couple seats away for the keg, though. That's the true. <laughs> Stand I, think the, I think the, the thing about that stadium, and, and the good thing about that stadium at the time, was it was small, it was intimate, and we happened to just park ourselves right outside the, the opposing team's dugout. So they, yeah. couldn't help, they couldn't help but hear us. They could not help but hear us. And... Uh, once we got going and, you know, the beer shakes got going and things like that, it was, you know, it was never vulgar. And if it was vulgar, somebody would somebody would snap somebody back and say, you can't say that. It was no vulgarity, no mom jokes um, no, and great. clean up, clean up when you're done. And that one
2: thing you guys so much was it was all class. Yeah. And you guys were really good about that. Yeah. One other creative thing quickly. After a game we had won, they run and interview uh, Ferraro, Bob <laughs> Ferraro's brother. <laughs> he was standing up for the name Hammerhead because he was absolutely hammered. And it, this TV is on KEYT or whatever, this interview. The chancellor calls me and said, that's it. Alcohol is banned. There's no way. And I think the next batting practice we're hitting and we hear, Off in the distance, hammer, hammer, hammer. And it was you guys marching to the field. And you had couch, couch, keg, keg, couch, couch. And you set it up and you had your tubing going over to the softball field, I think. Yes. Wherever the the bureau was coming from. And uh, so you circumvented
3: uh, the administration very nicely. Yeah, we put it we put it on the out there was a there was a fence behind the bleachers and it was the i don't even know what you called it back then the, the field back there uh was just kind of a, a field if i remember right lacrosse lacrosse was yeah it better. was lacrosse field that's right and it was like well uh, if we can't bring them in we're, we're going to find a way to at least <laughs> do it right and so i mean it just takes some college ingenuity to figure that one out i mean it's like all right <laughs> So,
0: well, basically, what we just we just described all of this stuff is true home field
3: advantage. Absolutely, true. No home question field advantage. about it.
1: I know yeah. that just for knowing players on the other team. They they wanted no part of that place.
3: Yeah,
1: and there certain coach in that league wanted no part of that place either. After they were singing, I won't get. In. I'll let other somebody else talk about that one, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, and they're and the the, co- the coaches, you know, playing third base. I talked to the the other head coach, typically or assistant coach, whoever was coaching third, and they loved it. I mean, they thought it was great for college baseball. They hated going through it, and they'd get ragged too. Whether yeah. it was Coach Brock at ASU and Augie at Fullerton, some of those guys took tremendous abuse, but um, but they loved it in terms of. Uh, what it meant for the program and and all the things that were going on. And it was certainly different. San Diego State had their ragging rail or whatever they had down there. Um, but that was really the only thing in college baseball where you went somewhere and there were people in the stands that were trying to get you. And it, it played into it where we go on the road at UOP and they had their entire football team right behind our truck. <laughs> and there ended up being a fight in the parking lot. But I can't remember all the details um, of that. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was tough for us sometimes. when we go on the road and get paid back a little bit. But I uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. No. Well, Casey,
2: what made you guys so great? You're right. We did get ragged in certain places. And they would get vulgar. They would get crude. They'd talk about a guy's mom or something. You yeah. guys so classy. And I basically, although I tried to do some coaching, I would listen for your one-liners and it'd be like, here it comes. <laughs> and you guys were so creative and very clean, I thought, at least what I heard. Um, yeah. But you talk about, you guys asked about uh, the Augie situation. Eric Johnson had come up to the plate about the second or third inning, hit a home run to right center. The next time he comes in and they have to be thrown in the low 90s and he hits Eric in the spine, the base of the spine. And we all ran out to Eric and Eric said to me, coach, I can't feel my legs, which terrified me. They took him off to the hospital. Our left fielder, and I don't remember who it was, ran out to left field and he had played community college baseball with their left fielder. And their left fielder told our left fielder, our coach called that. So when the game was over, I assumed the coach was Augie. And when we shook hands after the game, we didn't let go of his hand. So he couldn't walk away. We used (laughs) enough expletives to describe what would happen if that ever happened again. And forty years later, he autographed that picture for my son in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and then passed away two weeks later, which was very sad. But um, yeah, it was a misidentification thing, but it was scary. We thought Eric might be in serious trouble.
0: Yeah. The, the, the other half of that is, so it wasn't Augie who made the call. It was, it was Augie's pitching coach. Right. Pitching coach who made, who made the call. And, and you assume that it was the head coach that had made the call.
2: Right. And ironically, he worked, he scouted to the Pittsburgh Pirates when my son worked there for five years. And I saw him many times at many meals and he never mentioned that game thinking, you're so stupid, you didn't know it was me, and I'm not going to tell you. So I I never got to confront him on that one. But,
1: Well, that's what Augie said. That's true. <laughs> I
2: don't want to be cold. Those were, his, those were his dying words, Bill. I think they were probably honest. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I won't go there, but, yeah, there's a lot of, of uh, changing of stories when I've been involved in getting drilled that it was this guy said it, this guy That's called a good point. Yeah. pitcher did on his own, catcher told me to, you know, whatever. All I know is typically there's a fight involved after that, back in yep. those days. I don't know what they do now. Yeah, Maybe they just take selfies together or something.
2: Hey, <laughs> congratulations to
1: Bill Guy, too, he had uh... – two players that
2: he worked around or with make the Hall of Fame yesterday. Uh, Beltre right. for Dodgers and uh, Helton for the Rockies. Helton, yeah.
1: yeah, Beltre was just a kid when, you know, his first real action at the major league level full season yep. when I was there, assistant GM, and then Todd Helton. I remember one night. I was down in the video room and I'm watching the game on the video and just looking at some other stuff too. At the same time, some other games going on and they had a big bank of TVs and <laughs> coach you down there. You know what it looks like course. Yep. And so um, I'm there and I go walking out and as I'm walking out, I'm going by the locker room and there's Helton. He had just hit a double and then scored and he's come back up into the locker room, and he's got dirt all over him. He's pulling down his pants so he can get the dirt out from inside of his pants. And he's got his eye black. And this is a you know grown man, kind of mature at this point, you know, later on in his career, so to speak. And uh, I'm just looking at him, and I start cracking up. And I said, look at you. He still get after it every day. I mean, yeah. I was laughing just because, you know, how does this guy do it? I mean, when they say somebody made a quote or you know, he left it on the field all the time. I think it was Brad Hopp, who was our right fielder at the time. So I was watching a podcast where he's talking about helping. He said, you know, the guy left it on the field every night. And I'ma tell you what, till he stopped playing. I mean, this guy is out of I mean his back would be hurting him so bad. He'd be in the training room all the time. And I think people forget that when they watch major league games, especially guys that have been around a long time of how uh difficult it is and what the physical demands of playing the marathon of a long season. Yeah. And it's almost worse if you stay healthy. If you get hurt, you get some rest. But for him, he he you know, he never really got injured. He was always just hurt. That's the way I should probably say it. But he yep. was hurt a lot, and the guy would just get after it every night. And you want to say, give, give it up. He's the best in terms of leadership and giving in everything he had, hit, defense, all that stuff put together. Uh, if you factor in the leadership part and what he meant to a lot of young players, like when we went to the World Series, it's a pretty young team, mostly all homegrown. And then to be the leader of that, they called him the Todd father for a reason because everybody else is pretty young. It's truly amazing. I know this is a hammerhead deal, but uh, i got to mention that about Todd. Oh, no
0: worries. It's it's worth noting, and he was a college baseball player as well. And yeah. We're always in full support of, of, of college baseball players. I, I saw a video of him today, I guess, the year that they went to the College World Series Tennessee when he was playing there. He pitched and he pitched a complete game against Clemson. He pitched in four games that year and he went the distance all four times as a as a two way guy playing infield and hitting homers and and pitching. Yeah. But
1: and played football there too. That's right.
0: Yeah. Quarterback. So I think to to round out this this pie, I know Al has got to go. He's he's got <laughs> he's got to uh fix his hair. He's got a haircut. Which we're
1: all appreciative of, Coach, for getting that taken care.
0: Of. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got to look sharp for Alumni Weekend, which is coming up yeah. here in a couple of days. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, Bill and Casey look just as sharp as uh, as Coach Ferrer. Uh, well, we can't do that.
3: Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock's the brunch. Tab and I always look sharp. First of all, second of all, I will not be there. I will not be there this year. Uh, uh I've got shocking you. news. Uh, way too many other things going on. My son's getting married in a couple months. I've got like three trips and three more weddings to go to, so it's just not happening. Um, Very few people know that. They're going to know on Friday, but um, it's one of those things where it's the year that I've got to just not come. and I I hate it. My wife doesn't like it either, but it's one of those things where you got to make a... Casey
2: is one of the guys that benefited from the Hammerheads. I want you to know how much you guys were appreciated
3: because you really yeah. were. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah.
1: I don't, it wouldn't have been the same experience going there and playing at Santa Barbara without the, yeah. Uh, with the Hammerheads. I can tell you that. And it's not the same now after the fact, when you're yeah. going to these golf tournaments and doing whatever, and you're going to be uh, greatly missed this weekend. I can tell you that
3: case. Well, it, it's a one, it's a one year thing. Uh, don't you worry. Um, we had a, a number of things come up and it's like, all right, we got to, we got to pick and choose here. And not that it's not important, but we got to, you know yeah. what I'll do. I'll have a beer shake for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. There we go. That. There we go. I might, might even have a beer shake here. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think wow. you could Probably,
1: no, no game but probably be better ice cream than whatever <laughs> yeah. beer you guys got. <laughs> and the whatever generic ice in.
3: cream they used to have. But, uh, My goodness. Was that terrible? Yeah, well, that was straight from Ivy Market, so it wasn't. You knew it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't dryers or anything like that. We no,
1: no, that was too upscale for us. The beer,
3: the beer wasn't even Coors. I don't think. I think it was Red, White, and Blue. Or something it was
1: like Red, White, and Blue, and then the generic. or one <laughs> or the <Meisterbrau>, other. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing yeah. so what's your plan
2: for the weekend now. Westmont's gone, right?
0: Are oh, you asking me what what our plan is for the weekend? Yeah, well, we are scrimmaging. We're we're working out where it's going to be. We're we're trying to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we we will be playing. I'm not 100 percent sure on where. It all depends on other teams' schedules. Like the the teams that where we have been that have helped us out have been, especially particularly Westmont. Like I can shout them out here. It's and Coach Tyler Latore. They've been gracious hosts. It's been amazing having that place to go practice while the field has been under construction. Yeah. Um, I think we we might be at, at Dos Pueblos High School at some point. We might be at Santa Barbara City College at some point. We might even be at Allen Hancock College uh, well, at some point. So wherever yeah. Coach Checkets can find an empty field in dry conditions uh to get our preparation in, he, he has found it. So he's doing his due diligence and we're very appreciative to all the other schools that have helped us out or maybe helping us out in the future as we wait for the the completion of this new field here at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. But one note to make before I finish this: uh, the Hammerheads. So at 83, 44 wins, you win a conference championship. In 84, 46 wins. And this was in a time where there weren't as many teams that made it to the postseason: 40, 46, 46 wins. Uh, in 84, 37 more in 85, and then, of course, the Big West Championship season in in, uh, 1986, where they had 45 wins. So 44, 46, 37, 45 wins in that that four-year span of when the Hammerheads were in their heyday. So that's a lot of wins. That's a lot of kegs. That's a lot of great time uh, during those years. And, you know, fast forward to now, these last 12, 13 years – with with Coach Shagginson in the time that I've been here, it's been absolutely incredible. Six regionals, World Series in 2016, and the Hammerheads have been there every step of the way. Uh when we were signing on to this podcast, Casey, you have a picture of Omaha in 2016 uh, as your as your Zoom background. So you guys are are here alive and well and are are still doing it. Um, and have have lots of energy left, and we're looking forward to to some more great great years. And we will have a, a season preview podcast coming out uh, before the season starts on February sixteenth. We're playing out in North Carolina uh, against the Fighting Camels of Campbell University. So there's uh, there is a season upon us, uh, and we're, we're by the really way, Kevin, to I will it. be there. Carolina I Beach. I would imagine since uh, it's pretty close to Carolina Beach, about an
3: hour and a half away. Uh, my brother Mike and, and JD are coming out, uh, so we will have a crew of I guess a crew of three. I don't know if any parents are coming out, but we will have a crew of three that hopefully you'll you'll be able to hear us or me, if, for that matter. We'll have uh, to
0: get we'll have to get uh, an interview to play uh, to have for the recap pod of that week or or a pregame show on the radio. We'll have to get some. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Any yeah. any other final thoughts here uh, before we finish this off?
2: No, you guys are doing a great job, and I mean that. I'm not just throwing that out there. Uh, A-plus fundraising, which the Hammerheads, of course, have helped. The pictures of the facility you were going to have were mind-boggling, yeah. and yet you made an adjustment in a real tough time. Uh, I don't hear anybody complaining. I'm the only guy complaining about it. I'm bitter. But you guys are doing a great job with it.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I I just – I'll echo Al's words. You guys have done a great job. And I I think that, you know, the fundraising has uh, kind of uh, helped out a lot uh, as far as the the dollars go and, and helping the ball club some of the kids and, and uh, I just think you guys are doing a great job. I think checks is the right guy for the, for the job. Um, he does a hell of a job of, of uh, coaching the team as well as just some of the administrative stuff. You know, I, I'll include Matt English in that. Um, he does a hell of a job as well. Um, I'm just appreciative that I can hang out with guy that and Ferrer and all the other ball players that, that's that to me makes my, you know that that and you Kevin for that matter but it, just hanging out with the ball club and and the old guys and the guys we used to hang around with and the guys we met through this whole thing I, last year was very special to me um because I got to see a lot of the guys I hadn't seen in 40 years and it, it was a very special event uh on that Friday night well throughout the weekend was but that especially was um one of the highlights of this whole kind of thing coming back in 2012 was, was that was, she's up, uh, you know, Smitty, I haven't seen you in 40 years, you know, kind of thing. And, and it was just very heartwarming to see everybody back again.
0: Yeah. Citing so, the, there, the Mark, the Mark Patton interview, was 18, Yeah. I think it was 18 and 25 players from that team was there uh, yeah. last year.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll just say this, that, I guess it was 2012, Casey, when we start getting on those calls. I, yeah. I got a call from uh, Mark Massari and Andy Fee. And we are talking about getting the players more involved in fundraising, alumni stuff, whatever, and putting uh, some type of, of group together and how we go about figuring out how to raise money and do whatever. And Andy had the, living scholar thing he had, and they're talking about all this stuff with me. Um, and I told them, there's only one guy to get involved in this thing. Uh, the Hammerheads were the strength of our club. They're, they were the ones that helped push us along and do whatever, and they're just as much a part of this program uh, as anything. But there's only one guy that can make this whole thing go to incorporate the hammerheads and their reunion with the baseball team because they're part of the baseball program yeah. as far as I'm concerned I mean the only time I ever played there they were there. <laughs> uh, and so it's just as much a part of the program as the players to me yeah. and uh, and you got to get Casey and you yep. got to get Casey Gorman and they'd never heard of them and then all of a sudden he got in the committee, and then I wasn't on the phone calls anymore because they figured out who the guy was. <laughs> we don't need to
3: talk <laughs> to up.
1: I was out there <laughs> trying to find pitching for Denver. For God's sake, like anybody wants to pitch there. And uh, and Casey took charge of it. And I remember the very first tourney, I think there was a huge a huge turnout, yeah. and it was uh, it was great. So uh, all. Uh, the hammerheads still live and the hammerheads keep going. And there's one guy, I think, from the start to even now that's played the biggest role in that. And I'm not gonna let him get away with he got help from a lot of other people because yeah. well, he's I- the backbone of that of their hammerhead crew and why they're around now.
3: Well, much appreciated, guy though.
1: Uh well deserved.
0: All right, that's Coach Ferrer, Bill Guyvet, and Casey Gorman, uh, a, a real pleasure. I thought this was really good. I think we, we there's probably countless stories. There's probably plenty of more games that we could talk <laughs> about. Plenty of more moments that we could talk about. Uh, but those will be saved for for the golf tournament and and for the social and and for uh,
1: yeah, Kevin. Future, you said PG. You said PG. So yeah. that's why we kept it.
0: PG. This is a PG version. This means that you have to come to a lot. If you're listening to this, you have to come to alumni weekend. You have to find Casey next year uh, or you have to come out to Campbell and find Casey. There you go. Uh, you could also come to the I mean, Bill Bill will be there. You can ask Bill. Uh, oh, he'll, I'll he'll tell shares, them all. Bill yeah, shares some stories. So, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're interested in finding out more, you got to come. You got to talk to these guys. <laughs> Uh, they'll give you a beer and, uh, and they'll talk your ear off. So that's, uh, that's the task to the listener. Um, and if there's, if there's alumni or parents or, or fans that are out there that that want to get involved, I mean, contact Casey Gorman, right? Like, like we will welcome you with open arms and, uh, and we'd love to have you uh, get involved. So, uh, gentlemen, it was a, a real pleasure and, um, thank you for your time as always.
2: Thanks for doing this. Thank you guys. If they show up Saturday, we'll get them a Bill Guy Vent autograph. It's worth like seven cents. And yeah. the story along with it, which we'll look <laughs> cool for.
0: That was Hey
1: coach. Coach, I love you. I love Casey. I love Kevin. I love all yeah. you guys. That's what yeah. that's my response to your yeah. insight. Come back. Very good. <laughs>
3: yeah. See you guys Saturday. Yeah. Love you guys.
0: All right. Thank you to all three of those gentlemen, Al Ferrer, Bill Guyvette, and Casey Gorman. Thank you to our our great sponsor of the Gaucho Nine Podcast, Kyle's Kitchen, still supporting Gaucho Baseball. Uh, I wish I had a time machine and could transfer myself back to that year, to those years. I uh, think it'd be so much fun to be at at one of those games, especially in 1983 where you can feel the energy and and the team's coming from behind and winning those games and we didn't even talk about stealing bases uh, the the style of play you're going to have to go back and listen to one of the earlier episodes that we did with coach Ferrer where he talked about the style of play of that team where they stole a ton of bases hit some homers they came from behind they had uh, a lot of moxie uh, on that squad in 1983 and you know certainly one of the reasons why is cuz they had a great home field advantage. So uh, we're open to have a, a home field advantage here at Caesar Wasaka Stadium in 2024. Uh, the field construction is underway. Uh, we're hoping to have a, a – a, a, we're going to have a spectacular playing surface here at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. And we are going to have a season preview podcast coming up before that first game, which is on February 16th out in North Carolina against Campbell. So we'll, have, uh, we'll get you all cut up with, with some of the preseason accolades with some of the new faces and, and what's going to happen uh, here in 2024, which uh, should be an exciting year. We are definitely chomping at the bit to get going. Uh, the whole staff, all the players are, are really uh, excited about this upcoming season and looking forward to getting back to work at Caesar Wisaka Stadium. So as always, thanks for listening to the Gash 9 podcast. Hope you enjoy your alumni weekends, and we look forward to seeing you out here at Cedar Wasaka Osaka Stadium very soon.